Well, as you say, whether it's across genders or same sex, then you need to have that. Look, this is nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> You've gone. Hang on, this segue will work. No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And welcome to Maths Hysteria, a podcast all about Married at First Sight, with me, Omar Abid, and I'm joined, as always, returning, undisputed, undefeated, uh, friend and co-host, Kelly Rickard. Hello. How are you? I'm good. I missed you. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, I did. Oh, what a kind thing to say. Yeah. You, you missed the, the misogyny. Well, no, I could leave that aside, but you know, that's not all of you. Oh, well, that's an unusual for you to say. <laughs> Thank you. We're having a we're having a lot of fun actually. While I was uh, just setting everything up, you went to the shop and bought a celebratory drink. I did, but you know, let's get people to manage their expectations because it was a Lambrini. <laughs> I mean, if Lambrini wants to sponsor us, there are other sparkling wines on the market, however. Because. <laughs> uh, I had to do a, a changeover some equipment because we've got one last interview coming, haven't we? We have. It's a yes. surprise. Yeah, that was amazing, that interview. I'm really excited for people to hear it. Yeah, but we're not going to tell you what it is, so don't, stop asking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're done. This is our last episode. How do you feel about that? Bittersweet. I'm looking forward to having my evenings back, but I've enjoyed it. It's been it's been great fun. There's been loads to talk about. So. Yeah. It's been my favourite series so far, as in to watch and to talk about. Um, but I feel exactly the same as you. I will miss this. I will miss chatting with you. I will not miss the commitment of having to sit down every night and watch maths. It's mm-hmm. big. It's a lot. It's a lot to take on. Uh, but it is It is fun. It is yeah. fun and it's nice knowing that it's... Even there were more episodes this year, but it didn't seem as... As though there were. No, I wasn't like, oh God, not another week. I didn't feel like that. Yeah. Of, of episode. I think because I was so invested in the people on it this time. Yeah. And there's this thing of, uh, Laura spoke about it when she was guest hosting, that in any series, Australian, UK, when you get to this point where it's getting towards the final vows, there's naturally a bit of a dip because yeah. a lot of, you know, a lot of people have gone, a, a lot of people went to final vows this time, but... Usually a lot of people have gone, you just sort of waiting to see whether they're going to say yes or not, really. Yeah. How, oh, how, you mentioned it there. How was it with Lara, having Lara in my seat? Good, good. She's uh, she's good fun. I mean, she's one of the people who's sort of been, not screwed over is a bit harsh, but, you know, it didn't work out for her and I kind of wish it, wish it would. And she, she even said in the interview we did with her that she didn't even get a chance to really be herself because no. she was had to had to um, deal with Richie, you know. And all of the interviews that we've done, she's been the person who most surprised me in terms of how she is compared to how she's shown to be. Because she's incredibly funny, isn't she? And I don't think we saw one joke 
in how she was shown on air. Did we? No, she made a joke at the final uh, commitment ceremony. Yeah. Where she said that Thomas and Adrian were like an old married couple. Oh yeah, that went down like a sack of shit, didn't it? <laughs> yeah. But it no, she like I'm just saying this for any listeners that haven't listened to the interview we did with her or when she she stood in for me. She's really funny. Like yeah. watch this space basically. Yeah, yeah. Very funny. He's reaching for you. I'm reaching for my wine, but I'm thinking they'll hear the clink of the ice. Is that a sound? Maybe it'll be a nice sound. Maybe, but are you not worried about them hearing hearing your slurred speech? He says, stumbling through that line. Nah, I mean, that's always been an issue. I can be really inarticulate, especially when I'm passionate about something. So this might help. <laughs> right. We've got, uh, got a lot to get to, haven't we? We have. Shall we get started? Yeah, let's do it. We're going to start with Matt and Whitney, and I think we almost want to get them out of the way, because it was weird. The commitment ceremony thing was was weird. Yeah, it was weird. It, it started being weird when he entered the dinner party dressed as Peter Pan. <laughs> like, that was... No one acknowledged it. No one was like, why is he come as Peter Pan? The fashion stakes this year have been very high. They have. There's been a lot of adventurous clothing, which I applaud... But it's sort of made me... I guess when you see something so bad, you sometimes have to think, is it is it me that's wrong? Am I so out of touch? Yeah, um, maybe we're not brave enough when we go out in the things we choose to wear. I agree, but I would still never wear that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, you're right, though. It, it was odd. The, the thing is, I think, with Matt and Whitney, is... It's not the narrative we want to see as people viewing the programme. You know, we want the Disney nice boy meets nice girl, they fall in love. What we don't want is, you know, aggressive brute meets rude girl, they fall in love. Um, And then, and I'm going to stick myself out there. I think whether we like it or not, they genuinely had something. There was something between them. Okay, I think that's fair. I don't think it was love. What do you think it was? I don't know. Partly convenience, partly siege mentality. Do you? Yeah, they, they, they were in a difficult situation. They had some things in common, some tragic things in common. They were disliked by, you know, they were, there was drama surrounding them. It's that siege mentality it happens in happens in sport a lot. It's it's us against the world. Oh yeah, know? and you know Claire, Claire always says that that is a sign of a not a toxic relationship or a, some a potentially toxic relationship when it's always like, um, oh, it's everyone's against us. No one really gives that much of a shit about you. Firstly, that's a record. I think we've been on air less than five minutes, and you've mentioned Claire's opinion. <laughs> Uh, secondly, I agree that the other people turning on them will only have helped fuel their feelings for each other. But I still think I saw something genuine. I, I do. I'm going to say I think they did love each other. I think there are very incomplete pictures in that story. Like, So what, what happened then? We still never found out. What... what happened is that Matt completely lost his shit with her. That's what I think. Right. I think he's going through a lot. 
this is, by the way, allegedly, I haven't got a clue, mm-hmm. right? So I think he's going through a lot. He's losing his mum. She couldn't come up one weekend for whatever reason, and he lost the plot. That sounds reasonable. I think that apology he gave at the commitment ceremony was for a lot of stuff that we didn't see at the dinner party. I think there was a lot of heavy editing on that dinner party. And, you know, from the interviews we've done, I think if you read between the lines, there's a lot that went on there that that wasn't shown. And I think that's what his apology was for. And I wonder if some of the behaviour that, again, we suspect, we don't know for certain, a lot of his behaviour at that dinner party maybe turn Whitney off or maybe continued in their own relationship? Yeah, yeah, I think you might be right. and Because there was a lot of reference to, we've got a lot of growing to do. We, You know, we've got a lot of issues to work through. The suggestion from Whitney's side was, if he can grow, if he can work through these issues, there's a chance in the future, I thought. It was hard to tell because when he was asked, do you see a future with Whitney? And he said, I wouldn't, wouldn't, I wouldn't not rule it out. Yes. There that was, is exactly what he said, isn't I it? I think so. But it was, just say yes or no, mate. <laughs> like, yeah. We can't work through all your double ne- treble negatives. Yeah, it was a tricky one too. And I didn't know if he'd intended it to be a double negative or if it was a mistake. Mm-hmm. So that was a tricky one to work out. Yeah. They painted it as though he didn't want to stay for the rest of the commitment ceremony. I don't know if it was a choice of... It was a situation where he didn't want to stay or he was asked not to not to stay. Oh, interesting. You know, By Whitney or the rest of the people? I don't know. This is, again, speculation on my part, but it was odd. Yeah. They, they had them on. There was It was seemed heavily edited. An apology for something that we're not quite sure what he was apologising for, but was apologising to the group, then left. Yeah, and he's not a man, from what we've seen, that apologises easily. Yeah. You know, even however you want to look at what happened with Gemma, um, he left that marriage for Whitney, and there wasn't an apology, was there? It was just like, I've fallen in love with the girl. Yeah, yeah. Why why are you having a go at Sophie? (laughs) Oh, I know! Yay! Yes! What was that about? He just seemed like he was up for some some aggro. Yeah. Which, you know, other people there are like that. Thomas yeah. has been like that previously, obviously, but Yeah, it was weird. Sophie was a weird choice. Yeah, yeah. I dunno. I don't think we're ever gonna get the full story of what's what's gone on. So are we kind of concluding that we're politely agreeing to disagree? I thought there was real love there. You thought it was more a case of siege mentality. Yeah, it's too hard for me to say whether it was real love because it, it was, it went from zero to sixty really quickly yeah. and then seemed to fall off a cliff. So I don't know. I, and I will say the long distance argument. I've been in a long distance relationship with Nick. We did um, sort of months of it before I moved in with him, and yeah, it can be tough. It's not a reason to break up though. Not that quickly. No. She must have gone gone up there like twice, or him come down from York to St Albans. It's like, yeah, if you're that much in love that you're saying you're in love and getting a tattoo within a couple of weeks, getting on a train for for two and a half three hours isn't isn't going to finish. Yeah, it. and it's nothing compared to what life's going to throw at you if you stay together. Yeah. So if you can't handle this, then good luck. <laughs> yeah, 
I don't know. I kind of I, I, I sort of worry about Matt a little bit because I think he does have a lot a lot going on, and obviously I've been you know fairly anti Matt from quite early on, but he does obviously have some issues in his in his real life, so to speak, and. You know, maybe going on a show like this wasn't the best best idea for him. No. And it's a vulnerable time to go on a show like that, isn't it? Well, exactly. It's like, you don't... The pressure of something like a reality show, and then you've done it and recorded it, and you, all that time's stressful, then there's nothing, and then it's aired, and it's all brought back up again, and the nation's saying, why the fuck have you come dressed as a chimney sweep? <laughs> There was a little bit of fantastic Mr. Fox about him as <laughs> There was a lot of uh, every toddler ever at a part at a wedding. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, the smart shirt and the waistcoat, but shorts. <laughs> You're gonna skin your knees sliding across the dance floor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know if there's that much more to say about them. They were the they were the focal point of the drama this year. Yeah. And then I think people, after that all happened, got a bit fatigued. <laughs> we were all emotionally exhausted. Yeah, it was, su- it was such an upheaval and such a... And just in my reference to the way that final dinner party was edited, compare it to the dinner party at the retreat, which was crazy. And we've kind of heard from, you know, the interviews we've done that that final dinner party was, was worse. Yeah. But it was edited down it was on at eight o'clock so pre-watershed but it just didn't seem that bad compared to what we've heard it was like yeah it's a shame isn't it because obviously they're they're bound the contestants for want of a better word are bound by their anti-disclosure agreements that they have to sign at the beginning for you know for the program to work so i bet they're itching to say what actually went on at that dinner party but can't yeah yeah and that's fair enough, isn't it? It's also, who wants to keep going on about all this, these negative things? Yeah. Apart from us. Apart from us. <laughs> Here we go, picking at it again. <laughs> so, yeah, I just don't know if there's that much more to say about Matt and Whitney. I guess we wish them, wish them both well. Yeah. So we move on to one of mine and yours, I think, favourite couples of this series. A couple who actually had me in tears last night, and that's Shanita and Jordan. We normally put them last. I know. Or have put them last a few times. Because they've been lovely and there's been very little drama compared to the other couples, but... Yeah. There has been drama this time. Yeah, there has. There has. And it's there's no toxicity there. I just feel it's something that... I go back to the, one of my tweets on the very first night where he said, I've tried everything for dating. I put, mate, you're 26. Yes. I just feel that was the issue. Yeah. That he's, he needs some, no, it's not necessarily his age, but he needs just a little more life experience, a little more emotional maturity. Yeah, well, you say that and I agree, but they handled themselves impeccably, both of them. Mm-hmm. Like I was thinking about Shanita at the dinner party have you ever been in that situation where you know you're going to be with an ex that you still have feelings for? Mm, nothing springs to mind. Well, I I have. And I just thought she handled herself so well because that's a heartbreaking situation. And she put her feelings across very articulately. You know, you've hurt me. But, it, but there was no shouting, screaming, 
storming off. And, and him too, I've got so much time for Jordan because that's a tricky situation to really care about somebody, really like them, know that they're a good person for you, but you're just not in love. That's hard. So to be brave enough to say it and not just go through the motions and go, well, I'll see how it goes anyway. Mm-hmm. I've got, Yeah, I've got a lot of respect for both of them. He came in and, and greeted her very warmly. He did. He didn't do the thing of where they tried to ignore them, which yeah. would have been ridiculous. Or even with Jonathan and Sophie, their greeting was a little awkward. A bit cold, yeah. A little cold, but, you know, not, not terrible. But he made a point of, you know, really embracing her. Yeah, it was just... And she came in, obviously, by herself, which was difficult. And then when they got to got to talking about what had gone on, she, she did make her point known very clearly and articulately. There was one bit where I thought, oh, she's, is she getting a bit closer towards just being outright angry when she said, uh, that's the issue. Do you understand the issue? Yeah, yeah, she was veering towards confrontation. <laughs> yeah. But she pulled herself back. She did, and I kind of agree with everything that she that she she said. Uh, I mean, as much as we know about it, we weren't there about whether Jordan was was actually giving her the attention that that she deserves. But it just feels like he he panicked a bit because he's not hundred percent sure. But as she said, if you're not sure, say you're not sure, yeah, and then we can work through it. But he he didn't really do that. I can see it from both sides though, because I think. If he's sure he's not sure, then there's no point in working through anything. Do you know what I mean? If he's sure, he's not sure about it. If he's sure that his feelings aren't... I'm fucking mad. I don't know what you're saying. Well, if he's sure... Because if you're in love, you're sure about it. Yeah. So if he's still, after this time, going, I'm not sure, then he did the right thing. You can't work through that. Yeah, that's true. Either she's someone you want to be with or she's she's not. Yeah, and at this point, you should know that. And yeah. if you don't know that, that's the answer. Yeah, and Zoe, Zoe put it very succinctly at the commitment ceremony when she said, he's just not as into you. Yes, as Which, he should be. And it gives me no pleasure to say this, I called it at the wedding ceremony. <laughs> Didn't I? <laughs> yes, you did. Give me no pleasure to say it, but I said, he's not as into her as she is into him, based on their first look. Mm-hmm. When Zoe brought that up, actually, I thought back to the interview that I had with her and there was a moment where we were talking about the whole, should Matt and Whitney come back? And she said, basically, she would have said the same if it was one of her, the people she was closer to, Thomas and Adrian, just on principle, she would have said it. And she actually sort of demonstrated it there because she what she said was correct and they sort of needed an external person to... to tell them look to voice it yeah, yeah. and Zoe to her credit because it's she likes them both yeah difficult thing to do but she was the voice of this is this is kind of done and you both really you know you both know that's the case so. it, it is sad though because we kind of know that on paper they absolutely work and we've seen them work as a couple um but I, I don't have you ever been in that situation where you're the one who likes the other person more or vice versa. Mm-hmm. It's not... It's horrible either way, isn't it? Yeah. But I suppose it's it's for the best. And again, Shanita handled it very well. I did think Jordan, when he was on the settee, I think he was... Uh, I, I, I felt he was agreeing sometimes just because he felt he should agree. Yeah. Rather than saying, I, don't, I still don't know. Yeah. 
when he was being in front of the three experts, the rest of the cast, I think he might have felt the pressure of the moment. Oh, definitely. To just to just conform and everybody wants it to work. So I'll say, yeah, yeah. still, uh, uh, you know, it's difficult because he clearly still had feelings for her as well. Yeah. I'm not saying he just he was just going along with it and he cares nothing for Shanita. It's just he doesn't care enough. Yeah, and I believed him when he said, I'm so sorry I've hurt you. That felt very genuine. But being sorry for hurting somebody is not the same as loving them and wanting to continue a relationship. So it was quite sad. It was sad. Because <sighs> I've not seen you, I don't think, when, since uh, Thomas and Adrian left. I know. That was sad. That was really sad. I'm going to say that was the top sad moment of the series. Yeah, maybe. I think so. Just Adrian was upset with me. I know. Oh, Adrian. And but also they we saw something really lovely develop between those two. And they you know, both separately said lovely things about each other. So Thomas had said, I think this was last night's episode, he it's he's made me feel okay about being queer. And what an amazing thing to come out of this, that if he can accept, if Thomas can accept himself now. And Adrian had said in his interview with us, he's made me, you know, feel much more confident in how I look. Mm. Um, And so both of them have given each other absolute gifts. But at the same time, the gift wasn't sort of love. So, oh, I don't know. Again, another sad one. Yeah. Do you think, do you think Shanita and Jordan will remain friends? Or do you think it'll... Until one of them gets another partner. Right. Well, <laughs> unless Jordan just runs over and sits sits between Shanita and whoever other well, partner. Well, that was that classic thing, wasn't it? Like, Duca moved in. I mean, fair play to the lad. Yeah. Decent game on him. <laughs> moved in, started chatting Shanita. I mean, she's brilliant, isn't she? Like, yeah. instead of just going along with it, she was like, hang on, are you making a move on me? <laughs> I love her. Um, and then Jordan just plonked himself in the middle. But there, there's that 1975 lyric. Have you heard that song, Somebody Else? No. It's, um, I don't want your body, but I think about your body with somebody else. Right. It's very wordy. Uh, a bit of a mat line. Um, <laughs> but I think it was that thing. It was like, well, I don't want Shanita, but I'm not ready for somebody else to have her either. Yeah. It was, it was, oh, it made me cringe a little bit that he's just like, he's scuttled over there. Can I, yeah. just, can I just say like, I know. He put his hand on her knee. Duca was absolutely raging. Uh, but yeah, it was good to, do you think that was good game from Duca? I actually do, yeah. Well, it was bold. It's bold, but this is it. I think that's all you have to do because I don't think it's, it was particularly, it was quite cheesy oh, yeah. lines or not, but that's all you have to do. Do you know what? I would be happy. <laughs> With somebody smiling at me and telling me their name. It's just having the bravery to open a conversation. Like, I don't, yeah, I don't, I think people give men a bit of a hard time with having to have this fantastic open, opening line. I don't. Well, that's what I mean. I've kind of learned that you do just have to be confident. And even if you just, what you're saying is shit. Yeah. Or clearly cheesy or whatever. You just have to demonstrate some confidence. So it's. It was sort of like uh, Ant last year when him and Alexis were flirting. And it was like, he's not really... Is he that smooth? Is that what being smooth is? Or Duca, you know? Fair play to him, because it definitely takes confidence. Yeah. And I think 
I like seeing that. I like some, either way, whether it's a girl approaching a girl, a boy approaching a boy, whatever, forget the gender, just being the one who's brave enough to start the conversation, that's attractive. Okay, so I've already flagged this up on, on Twitter that I think you and I are going to disagree. Oh, okay, what's coming? Keisha and Kwame. Oh, your buddy Kwame. I've come round to Kwame's, Kwame's side a bit more. Not that he's faultless. The way he responded when Keisha was talking about being pregnant as a, as a younger woman uh, wasn't good. And he maybe should have just more flat out apologised for that without needing the prompting from the from the experts. But I felt that she was a little... The word he used was petty. Because he did apologise. And especially after talking to him, knowing the circumstances of why they went to the park, I feel like she could have just... She seemed more that she wanted to be like, yeah, you can't... You can't hurt me. I had no feelings for you anyway, and all this sort of stuff. It's like, well, all that, all that might be true, but I think she could have just handled it a little, a little better. She came, she came off as a little arsy, basically, when she didn't need to be. Everyone was on her side anyway, and I think it kind of made Kwame look like he, she was treating him in a way she, a bit more negatively than she needed to. But do any of us behave well, though, when we've been hurt like that? Because I think she was hurt through the process by him. That I agree. And this is, someone else raised this on Twitter. The reason she was acting like that was consistent with the way she's acted previously. Like when she'd give these speeches at the dinner parties, which didn't really make sense. No man can tell me we're not having sex because of him. Well, he can tell you that because it's his choice whether he has sex with you or not. Yeah. Her, her speeches were always very, you know... I'm a strong, independent woman. No one's, no one's disputing this. She was, just came across as being a bit arsy, a bit rude when she didn't need to be to someone who w- was already perceived as the the villain. You know, she didn't certainly need, she, she need to yeah. sort of... I mean, I certainly don't see Kwame as a villain, but I was excited to listen to your interview with him because you'd said, oh, actually, he's a great guy. Like, you'll really change your mind about him. And I haven't. Mm-hmm. Um, I th- this is So having listened to the interview, I feel very much how I did beforehand. I imagine if I was in a room with him, there'd be a nice vibe. I'd enjoy his company. He'd be polite. It wouldn't be confrontational in any way. But I would still think, when are you going to drop the act and we can just talk normally. Mm-hmm. I, I, I still don't feel like we got that in the interview. I, he was very measured. He'd thought everything out. He was very reasonable. That's not to say I think he's fake. I just don't think we know him still. I agree with you. I definitely think he's... He's very careful about how he, how he presents himself. And again, there are definitely things. It's not so much that you will feel different differently about Kwame, but there are things there that you'll feel differently about the way Kwame was presented. Like specifically the the park incident, the fact that he didn't want people to know where his kids live. I know, but 
people had used that argument on Twitter before. I was just like, well, why have you gone on the programme anyway then? Why couldn't his children, like, be out? Why did they not show... Okay, you can come to the house, but we're not showing the front door or the street or... Is that not just a convenient excuse for not wanting to show his house? I don't, I don't think it is. I mean, there's other people who, until he said it, I suppose I never really thought about it, but there's, there's loads of people who don't uh, host at the homestays. We didn't see Adrian's, Adrian's home. Last year, Amy was put up in, a, in a, uh, a house in London. Yeah, fair point. We didn't see Thomas's, Thomas's home. You know, it was... I felt... And then they'd edited out his explanation. And you're right, yeah, fine, maybe they could, they could uh, film it in a certain way, but isn't it easier just to do what they have done before? Yeah. Get an Airbnb, film it there. He'd said off, off air to... to Keisha, we can get in a taxi now. I'll take you to take you to yeah. the house. And I don't know that she's made a big thing of this. Uh, that oh my god, he took me to a park. You know, I'm I'm not sure. What no, it was is. more a social media fixation on that point, wasn't it? Yeah. So I just feel that Kwame, uh, even in in my chat with him, I gave him chances to just outright apologise. And even in that, he was quite careful, and he needed prompting from the experts to then apologise. So, again, Kwame is not... Uh, there are definitely things which you can criticise Kwame for. But I just feel she already had the upper hand. If you want to look at it as who's winning the the, the battle of yeah. perceptions. I, I just think... So, at the start of the podcast, we were talking about how Shanita handled herself being faced with an ex. Yes. And I think what Keisha did was more what we're, we're used to seeing when somebody's confronted with an ex and that doesn't behave very well. Yeah. And she, did, she didn't, you know, that... Did you ever fall for Kwame? No, I didn't. Well, I'm not sure that was true. Because yeah. I, think, I think she was interested in him for a time uh, at the beginning. But I also think we still don't know how close they got. I mean, he said he really started to like her. I don't know. And, and it was hinted at by Charlene that um, there was a lot of chemistry between them. and it, But we don't know the sort of ins and outs, for want of a better phrase. But we definitely saw that by the end, she was very angry with him. That I think she would have just done herself a better service if she'd gone, look, I did like him. Yeah, exactly. And it hurt. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's fine that you don't want to have any contact with him in the future. Uh, but a better way for your own... I don't know, your, your own perception of yourself or yeah. other people's perception of you as well, which, you know, you might say, oh, that doesn't matter, but it can do. Yeah. Like, just be, just say, yeah, it didn't work out, you know, but she she was just un- unnecessarily arsy with him, I thought. Well, yeah, and I think there's been, I've noticed on social media, she's been, like, scrubbing him out of her pictures and stuff, hasn't she? Yeah. <laughs> Come on, that, that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, yeah. Come on, that's petty. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> that's a bit much, isn't it? What's the most petty thing you've done to an ex? Nothing. I'm, this is what I mean. It's just like, if it's done, it's done. Just like, just move. Have you actually moved on? Like, this is, this is kind of what I mean. Like, why... If you're so strong and independent, and oh, it didn't mean anything. You didn't. You weren't interested in him anyway, and all that sort of stuff. Why, 
months down the line and fair enough the program's just there you're scrubbing his picture out and putting it you know posting it that you'd see your wedding day but the, the groom's scrubbed out and all this sort of stuff I don't think I've ever done anything mean to an ex it's definitely prompted me to stupid behaviour though so I'm, I'm just remembering a time when I was at university and I had a boyfriend but I knew I liked him more than he liked me and after a few months he ended it and so there was two pubs on this campus university, very small, close-knit. I kept seeing him everywhere, but he worked in one. So this one day I was like, well, I'm just going to protect myself and go to the other pub. But I walked in and there was balloons up and a birthday banner. It was like a film. I couldn't see whose name was on the birthday banner. And then a head moved and I could see its head. Happy birthday, Vanessa. And that was his new girlfriend. And I'd walked into a surprise party. He was throwing for his new girlfriend. But I was like, I can't just walk out because now I look really, really bitter. So, oh God, I still can't believe I did this. These three men walked in and um, I could hear them chatting. And one of them said, well, I'm not drinking because I've got the car. And I said, did you say you've got a car? Literally never met this man before. And he was like, yeah. I was like, do you want to go for a drive? <laughs> like for anyone listening at home, please don't approach a man you don't know and see if he wants to go for a drive with you. But I just had to get off campus. Uh, so... In defence of Keisha, I don't think there's necessarily an excuse for being mean to your ex, but it can prompt you when you've been hurt to make stupid decisions. And that is definitely a stupid <laughs> decision, my God. Oh, yeah. Have you ever done the... Uh, where did he say you then? He just drove me around Windsor, because that's, <laughs> that's near where my uni was. But it turned dark, because I'd gone for a drive with him. He thought we were getting married then. He kept, oh, it was so awkward. He kept turning up. He kept calling me his girlfriend. And yeah. Were you similar ages? He's about five years older than me. Right, okay. Which at the time, was, yeah. you know that I'm quite immature anyway, so you can imagine me as a 20 year old. <laughs> I was just like, oh God, no, that man with the car's turned up again. <laughs> Have you ever done that, um, that cliche that they use in films, which. Keisha's sort of updated, you know, where you where they show somebody who's who's broken up and they've folded back the photo so the boyfriend's not not visible anymore or no, they've just cut them out. I've never done that, but that that's what Keisha's done, isn't it? It's the, the <laughs> online equivalent of that. Yeah, I bet she'll do a reel where she's just really over dramatically and excessively applying lipstick, just like it's <laughs> <laughs> going all up onto her cheeks and stuff. <laughs> I was going to say turning up at his house, but she doesn't know where he lives, so. <laughs> Turn up at that park bench in Leighton. Yeah, this is the thing. Key like... in the park bench. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Going and throwing that red suit onto the, onto the grass. <laughs> There's been so many reasons to ridicule Kwame. And then we've come to the end and she's just seemed excessively bitter about the whole thing. And it and it's, I think it's reflected a little worse on her than it needed to. Yeah, and I don't. I think it would have helped if I felt that we as viewers had got to know her throughout the process. Yes. But I felt that we were very much, whether that was through editing or through her own choice, we were kind of kept at arm's length. Mm-hmm. I I don't know, Keisha. I don't. You know, that's how I feel about it. So. For example, if it had been Shanita that finally turned at the end, we'd be going, oh, but she was just such a decent girl. Like, it's a shame. But with Keisha, I'm like, well, who was she anyway? Yeah, yeah. Which is a shame. Saw her ass. Yeah, we did. (laughs) 
Yeah. <laughs> seems like we'll a long really time. saw it. Yeah. <laughs> seems like a long time ago. That does <laughs> Yeah. Um, because even at the end, the Kwame with the uh, when it came out, he said, um, "Oh, you've made an enemy of me." <laughs> what does that mean? Well, yeah, it was strange. It was yeah, it was a weird one because that thing that I was averse to in him, the long rambling sentences and the "Oh, just say what you mean." I wonder if he wasn't so much like that um, when the cameras were off because all of the other women chose him as their choice of husband. Yeah. That's true. They all they all liked him, and we've heard repeatedly, and it came up on the uh, commitment ceremony that they they were sort of the mum and dad of yeah. the group. Zoe mentioned like how upset she was when they when they left. Oh really? Yeah, I think there's there's a bit of a yeah maybe that their story hasn't kind of been been fully told. Uh, but yeah, it was an interesting one. I knew we'd have a I knew we'd have some disagreements about. <laughs> Zoe and Jenna. Yay. Very happy. Yeah. Although, did you see on my Instagram story what happened to me when they were on? Your TV froze. It froze on Richie walking away from the couch, so just a blurry shot of his shirt. And I could hear all this love and happiness coming across. But I was like, I can't see their faces. How will I analyse the body language? (laughs) (laughs) No, we're very happy that that it worked out for them. Those final vows... They did the the typical thing of editing it and they do the vows so it's like, oh, I do love you, but then this, but also that, and, you know, you're going back and forth. Yeah. But the music, it was like I was watching the fucking Dark Knight. My heart was absolutely pounding. Then they, they cut to an advert before Zoe was going to say that she wanted to stay with Jenna. It was intense. I didn't, it, I didn't it like was, it. It was really intense. And I, there's been a few moments with the final vows where I've thought... Hang on, if I was about to enter into that marriage, I'd be saying, no, actually, you can sod off now that you've said that. <laughs> but my dad, who's watched the series for the first time this year, purely just to understand what we're talking about when we do our podcast, said, well, you do know that the production team probably write their vows for them. And I was like, oh, even if that's true, I don't want to know that's true. <laughs> yeah, it did actually cross my mind to ask Zoe that. Because yeah. she said, watching it back, she, she was saying... I didn't actually dump her at the end, did I? <laughs> yeah, I know. That's what it was like. Yeah. Uh, but I didn't want to ask because it's one of those things where it's probably the case. But yeah. I sort of don't want it exactly. want it to be confirmed. Because you can't imagine... I can't imagine Zoe saying that. You know, no. Or go, going through this whole convoluted thing. You know? It's that thing when you're a viewer of something, isn't it? It's a bit like... When I was little, I sort of suspected for a few years that Santa couldn't fit down our chimney... Right. But I didn't want to ask my mother because I didn't want the magic to be over. Oh. And that's how I feel. I hope nobody's playing this with their children in the room, by the way. But that's how I feel about the whole asking them, did they write the vows for you? Yeah. I just want to believe that they wrote those vows. Yeah. That's, let's just believe. Let's that be they, believers. That they wrote those vows. <laughs> uh, yeah, what did you think of their um, deliberations, homestays, everything, the whole kids' discussion? Oh, well, we, like we've said before, that's going to be a tricky one. Yeah. That's going to be a really tricky one because it was my, pretty much my one and only deal breaker, was if I fall in love, the only thing that's going to stop me pursuing that is if he doesn't want a family. So that still 
remains to be seen with those two, doesn't it? Yeah, that's going to be a, a longer term kind of thing, which I don't know, maybe we'll uh, hopefully do a catch up with them. What did you think of um, the on the couch, do you love each other chat? I respected that. I respected that they didn't didn't just say it to say it on the couch to have a nice moment to round off the series. Do you think they rowed in the car on the way home, though? <laughs> <laughs> As I would have done. What do you mean? You're not ready to say it yet. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think they had a game plan, didn't they? Yeah. Of, of they they probably expected that that was what they were expected to say, and. Maybe they had said it to each other at that point, but just thought, you know, let's keep it keep it to ourselves, which I respect. Or they hadn't said it to each other at that point, in which case, yeah, you kind of don't want to... I, I wouldn't... I'd, I'd want to keep it a bit private. Yeah, and also, it's going to be very exciting when one of them does say it now, because they've made it clear to each other that it's important that it means something, but what high stakes now? Like... Mm. If you're one of those two and you're thinking, I do love you, it's when to say it, when to write it, how to, like, it's tricky. Yeah. Saying it with a mouthful of bacon. (laughs) 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 It might not be the right time. Yeah. Big, big moment. But, again, great to have a success story. Yeah. You kind of, you need it. I said this to Zoe as well. You need that. You need that. An actual, like, heartbeat of the, of the show where it's like, oh, I actually just like these because otherwise it's just toxicity. <laughs> yeah, and they have both been very, very likable from day one together and as individuals. Like, they just seem like lovely, decent people. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So it's lovely that it's working out for them. Yeah. Yay! So we're going to go a bit more in depth now on Thomas and Adrian. I know we've, we've mentioned them already. That on the commitment ceremony couch just turned into more of reliving Thomas's dramas throughout the throughout the process with with April. What do you think about him coming back and apologizing to to April at the dinner party and then at the commitment ceremony? I think an apology is always a good thing to do when you realize you've been wrong. Um I think April was great in the way that she accepted the apology. I'm not sure how sincere the apology was. Really? Yeah. I think... Do you think he was just doing it to draw a line under it? When we spoke to Adrian, he said... uh, It was in reference to Jonathan, but he'd said, even if you don't mean it at this point, just say sorry. Yeah. Yeah. And absolutely, you know, well done for saying sorry. Just if I was going to sit and analyse it. It didn't feel... It wasn't a detailed apology. It wasn't like, and I'm sorry for when I said that, and I know I hurt you when I did that. It was like, and for anyone who I've hurt, I'm sorry. And he was kind of half blaming the process as well. He was just like, I'm sorry because in this toxic environment. Yeah. Um, He did say at one point that that something was completely fabricated. So I wonder if he, that was his acknowledgement that maybe... Yeah, I got really overexcited because the expert said, and now we're going to take a look at that conversation. And I thought, oh, we're finally going to get to see what was said in the toilet about Shanita. And then I was like, no, we're not, because we would have already seen... <laughs> yeah. But that would have been a brilliant unveiling. Yeah, that would have been, that would have been good to see it. 
another mystery I don't think we're ever going to get to the get to the bottom of uh, but I'm glad that Thomas and Adrian at least left there with with a, a good friendship they, oh absolutely yeah they were brilliant together such an amazing dynamic and I think as they both said they did a lot for each other's confidence um and I think that's well, it's always important, but especially if you're on there as the minority, as one of the same-sex couples, you've got to have each other's back because it's it's going to be a little bit harder, I think. Just to even imagine walking into a room where you're aware you're different for whatever reason. So it would be like um, I did a gong show on Friday night where I walked into the green room and there was 14 other comedians on the bill and they were all men. Mm-hmm. And just knowing that you're the different one yeah. makes things a bit trickier and I think that would happen if you're one of the same sex couples because it's not equal yet it's not half and half yet we don't have half same sex you know half male female so I think that would make it trickier yeah so at least they had each other but they had to work work quite hard again. well yeah but and even just Thomas saying he made it okay to be queer mm-hmm. like I think that speaks volumes and and also we saw it in Thomas's dress sense changing throughout the series because he dressed sort of, I don't know, like a, for want of a better word, sort of gender normative at the beginning. And then towards the end, he was in that pink lycra dress. And it was like, yes, like that's the sign of somebody that's now okay with expressing themselves. Yeah. And then at the commitment ceremony, he had some sort of camouflage type <laughs> with, um... a, with a beret, which was sort of. Frank Spencer-ish. Yeah, it was, yes. Yeah, that was an unusual look. I quite liked it. I like a berry. Do you? I've got a berry. Yeah, but you do. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you think? Any hope for Thomas and Adrian in the future? Not romantically. I think that's that ship has definitely sailed, and I think probably for the best. Similar with Jordan and Shinita, but for different reasons. I just, I don't think they're well-suited romantically. It seems like since the series has ended, they if you see their social media, there's, you know, few bumps, few bumps in the road maybe, and maybe that's because the show is now aired and that brings its own pressures. But I'm sure they'll be they'll be friends, you know, for a long, long time to come. Adrian certainly said in his uh, in our chat with him that he'll always have a have a place in his heart for Thomas, which I can yeah. understand. It's a very unique. Uh, process to go through with somebody and they were obviously very close for long periods of it and you know could as you said could rely on each other so I don't think romantically there will be there will be anything there but I think they'll be they'll be friends Right, next up we're going to talk about George and April. Yeah, they've uh, they've done well. I still don't see, you know, from the very beginning there were people saying that April was fake. I still don't really see why that is. I don't see that. From what we've been shown, she's behaved amazingly in a relationship with George. Yeah, he's had to put up with a lot of insecurity from George. I mean, I cannot hear the man say one more time, please don't break my heart. I keep hearing that Elton John Kiki D song. <laughs> don't go breaking my heart. I couldn't if I tried. Just like, we've all been hurt, George. 
like a lot of people have been very hurt you can't keep bringing it to your new relationship yeah he did say at the end that uh, that april's helped him shed that insecurity i know but it doesn't it doesn't feel like he's shed it it feels so intense whenever he talks about how much he loves it and yes that is intense but what she might have been through stuff yeah, well, absolutely. She said she had a fear of commitment, didn't she? That I found that when he was speaking, and it's the same for the, a few of them, that they don't, their behaviour doesn't actually change, but they learn the vocabulary to say that it has. So, listening to him, he said a lot of things without saying anything. That um, I'm more open, I've you know, I'm more in touch with my emotions and things. But that's. It all sounds like very self-help speak kind of stuff, but yeah. it doesn't actually mean anything. No. How in practical terms are you different to, you know, the beginning? At least not to have a, have a pop at George. It's just, I feel sometimes they, they some of them talk a lot without without actually saying yeah. anything of, of import. Yeah, absolutely. I would agree with that. He's saying the right things now that he trusts her, that he's grown, but his mannerisms and the general vibe and the red face and the tension. Like, it's it's still kind of there that he's insecure with her, I think. I think another mystery we'll never get to the bottom of is what happened with Adrian and George. Yeah. I thought that might come out at this uh, commitment ceremony. But, again, I don't know if we're, if we're ever going to get to the bottom because of that. Because that, you spotted that and I didn't. Because you were like, what does he mean? Are we going to find out? But I didn't, that didn't strike me as a big thing. But it did on social media with people, didn't it? It did. I think there's been, been a few things which, similar to the way I feel the dinner party has been edited to take out particular issues, I think the production have been careful to to minimise certain things that they don't want to be shown. I, th- I think there's a lot going on that they've just sort of moved on from. Yeah. Which might be the wise thing to do. Mm. You know, I know we have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I think there's just some stuff that I don't know if we're ever, we're ever going to know really. It's a shame because Adrian and George had a lovely little bromance, didn't they, at the beginning? They were quite good friends and then by the end they were just at the separate ends of the table, which was a shame. Yeah, well, Adrian said said in our chat that he, him and George and Zoe went, went out to the pub and stuff. It you know, seemed like a interesting little group. Yeah. Is that a group you'd go out with? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Be good fun. I think so too. But it didn't, that's not what played out towards the end. Like the last but one dinner party was, there was the straight blokey end of the table and there was the LGBTQ plus end of the table. And, you know, Adrian's at one end, George is at the other. Maybe it was all, it was just too difficult maintaining a friendship because Thomas had fallen out with April. Yeah, yeah, which I can imagine it would be, it would be difficult. It was always sort of unfair for Thomas to say, well, if you want to come to and talk to Adrian and complain about April, you can't do it in my apartment then because I'm sick of you hearing about it. That's quite an unfair, unfair thing to do. Like if Adrian and George are mates, you can't like tell yeah. one, tell your partner to cut off one of their friends. You haven't told Nick to cut no, off. No, do you know I'm racking my brains there. I'm like, have I ever been in a situation where 
Nick and I have been friends with another couple where one of them's coming to us and telling us about issues and I don't think we have. That would be awkward though. I wouldn't stop him from seeing the person, but it would be awkward. You'd be like, oh God, so-and-so's coming around to moan about their partner who I'm friends with. Yeah, that would be awkward, but you would sort of do it in real life. I guess Nick would go to the pub with yeah. said person or whatever. It's because I guess they're trapped together in, yeah. in an apartment complex. <laughs> in a really odd situation. Yeah. Uh, but April and George, I think, yeah, we'll have to see what's what's going on. We'll have to go on social media and see what's... Uh, well, I think we know, don't we? I, yeah, I don't know... I still don't think a long-term relationship is sustainable if one of you is really insecure. Yeah. I think that's going to be tough. Yeah. Warning bells. Yeah. And the other thing with George is, and I do, you know, it's that thing about, well, we knew we loved each other, but we didn't know if we could be in love with each other. Is it that complicated? (laughs) <laughs> well, this is goes back to what you're saying with Jordan and Shanita, really, isn't it? Either you, either you know, or either you, either you are or you aren't. Yeah, and I think that's actually, to be fair, that's very frustrating when you're younger, and an older, happily married person says to you, "Oh, when you'll know, you know, you'll know." But you do, <laughs> <laughs> and it's not complicated, and it's not. I'm in. I love you, but I'm not in love with. It's just, oh, here we are. Then this is happening. Uh, it's kind of. It's undeniable, which sounds cheesy, but I don't know why they complicate things so much. Well, yeah, and especially, I don't know if everyone has that experience that you had of Nick walking out on stage and you're instantly, instantly in love. Why are you laughing at our meet cute? Because <laughs> it was for an Elvis tribute band. I don't hey, that was one of the best paid jobs I've had. Really? Yeah. They might redo it in the, in the wake of that Elvis biography. Used to sell out. Really? It was, I used to feel like a pop star. You'd come off stage, there'd be people waiting at the stage door to meet you. <laughs> Honestly, posh tour bus, you know, really? with a rider at every theatre. Was It was a decent job, apart from the fact that Elvis was a horrible misogynist. But that's a podcast for another day. <laughs> Okay, so we might have forgotten about them, but PJ and Jess. Who? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, that's terrible. Yes, PJ and Jess. No, it was good to see them. them. It was good to see PJ especially. Nothing against Jess, but I always felt a bit sorry for for PJ. Yeah. No, I did as well, actually. Because he didn't do anything wrong, did he? No, if he was a little overly... I think he invested too much in it too early. Yeah. But... And Jess didn't do anything wrong. She just wasn't really into him. He should have just taken, you know, a page out of my notebook and show no interest. Don't answer any text. (laughs) (laughs) Just play it cold as ice until you're officially married. Did you see that uh, Shanita's mum had gone to see see Dream Boys? So she'd seen PJ stripping. Shanita's mum had? Yeah. How did I miss that? Yeah, it was on the the commitment ceremony because... yeah, this book to Shanita and she said... Wait, the commitment ceremony just gone? Yeah. No, I missed that. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was quite, it was quite funny. So PJ's still out there stripping. Oh, good. <laughs> That's good. That torso should be seen. <laughs> yeah. They had the, Harry po- uh, the, the love for Harry Potter. Yeah, I actually 
had a little moment of sadness when they showed the wedding back because I was like, you know what? There was a fair amount of potential there in that first meeting. Yeah. They did. There was a physical spark. They both love Harry Potter, which is niche. Yeah. Yeah. It's good to have common interests, I suppose. Yeah. Um, So, and then for it to have just... I don't even think fizzle's a strong enough word. It kind of really took a nosedive, didn't it? Yeah, and PJ was still hanging in there. Yeah. Trying to make it work, and he was upset when they had to leave. But it was definitely for the best. If she just wasn't feeling it, she wasn't feeling it, you know, what else What else can you do? It's nice that they seem to have a good friendship. Yeah, they did. So they've come out of it with something. Yeah. A few people have said on social media that they think something might come out of that. Oh, really? Yeah. That'd be nice. It'd be nice. It'd be a nice, nice ending. But if it doesn't, it doesn't. I reckon they'll both be all right. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I do. It's not the sort of couple where you go, oh, what if, what if neither of them find anyone? It doesn't feel like that. Well, that sort of leads quite neatly into another couple who left early on, Lara and Richie. Yeah, I found that really sad actually in the commitment ceremony when Lara said, "No, I, I'm done now." Yeah. Oh, and what was the example she gave? She said something about, like, if you're allergic to... To seafood, stop eating sushi. Oh, no. Yeah. But, well, yeah, it's hard It's hard for me to relate because everything's gone well for me. <laughs> <laughs> I do know that feeling, actually. I'll just go dark for a minute. You can edit it out if you want. I know that feeling when Nick and I were struggling with our fertility. And it was just that... I can't hope anymore, and I can't try anymore because I had tried everything. Uh, we tried. I tried acupuncture. I'd done all this holistic stuff. I was spending fifty pounds a month on herbs, and like every month, it was like this might be the month when I'm pregnant. So I know that feeling of I can't hope anymore, which I think is where she's at. But I absolutely think she needs to fight through that because she would be an absolute catch for someone. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, we've we've spoken already about how funny she is and. Uh, how she didn't really seem to get a fair run on the on the show just no. because of who she was partnered up with, and it, you know, it's easy to trash Richie because he was so clingy, and then we've subsequently learned that Lara's perception of it and others was that he was just there to try and promote his his music career. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I don't know, he's odd and he's a bit strange. Like, even last night, the commitment ceremony, he said, I'm happy to accept what's happening inside of me. <laughs> and I literally thought, Are you, I have no idea, you could be talking about your digestion, you could be talking about a mental health issue. I wouldn't know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. I think, it, again, maybe someone who wasn't in a place to go on that show, really. Yeah. And certainly, from what Lara said, he was totally different off camera he wasn't, wasn't interested in a off camera that played across her face beautifully last night in the equipment ceremony when he said something along the lines of we went through a lot together and and she just looked like she was keeping her lips so tightly shut to not go <laughs> you didn't even talk to me off air like what are you talking about yeah they've sometimes done it in the australian series where they bring people back and i, I hope they give lara another go yeah i could see lara with a younger man Really? Yeah, I don't think she has the energy, the outlook I don't, of a 50-year-old. I don't. I could see her with someone younger. What does your average 50-year-old get up to? 
Well, how our society sees 50-year-olds is put a cardigan on and do crosswords until you die. If you're a woman, the man's allowed to crack on as usual. But yeah, we're not used to women still being cool and sexy at 50. Claire's found a new puzzle that she likes. What is it? You. (laughs) (laughs) What is that man thinking? (laughs) But anyway, (laughs) I do know what you mean. Uh, That uh, Lara's very fun and outgoing and up for a laugh. So I do know what you mean about somebody somebody younger. And Richie is... <laughs> what is he? Come on, I'm dying to at the end of this sentence. It's something which has come up a lot. He, he seems emotionally immature. Like he's not... He kept saying he's not had relationships. He's not been in a serious relationship and all this sort of stuff. And it's... You know, to get to that, to that age and I've not been through a few situations and learn some things from those yeah relationships that he hasn't had is, is weird i'm thinking of that film the 40 year old virgin right okay yeah like in sort of culture we show that as weird don't we like having got to a certain age and not been in a relationship and it is hard not to immediately question in your head why like why haven't you yeah um I don't know. I've seen him differently since we did our interview with Lara. I did just think, okay, he's a bit emotionally immature, but now I'm like, why wouldn't why wouldn't you talk to somebody like Lara when you were off air? She'd be great company. Yeah. I just that... can't get it. Hopefully she'll come back. We don't we don't know, but that's what I'm hoping for. Yeah. Right, last couple. Yeah. Sophie and Jonathan. Mm-hmm. You're not gonna like this. Okay. I'm starting to feel sorry for Jonathan. Oh, you've always felt sorry for him. You've been defending him since day one. You've no. been fat shamer, you. No, I've been defending him since day one. He said the same stupid thing repeatedly. He's apologised for he it. He hasn't. Not a proper one. Not a proper... No. Not, when, did he say, when did he properly say, I've gone away, I've educated myself, I was an absolute twat and I am so sorry. That's a proper apology. That's what I want from him. Not a, oh, well, I didn't, I'm, I'm not, I'm quite shy. What? Shut up. Say sorry properly. No, okay, that was bad when he started saying that some of the things, this is a good example, actually, of what I meant when I was talking about people f- as though they've learned the vocabulary of what you meant to say, but he didn't deliver it very well. It, it didn't come across as genuine at all when he was saying, oh, yeah, I think the, I'm very awkward in social situations and all this. It's like, mate, it's got nothing to do with that. You, because before you were saying it was you like to offend people. Um, I've not defended him since day one. I just think we keep hitting him over the head with the same stick. And Who? Like us on the podcast or everyone? Everyone. Everyone. Like, he's a... He, he... Newsflash, he's gonna be alright. <laughs> like, have you seen his face? He'll cope in life. Like, I, I don't... No, honestly, I have... I'm very, very frustrated with him because... Right, you get the sort of man like Matt, who everyone knows to be wary when he's in the room. Right. Everyone knows because there's an aggressive vibe. He doesn't handle himself well. He's confrontational. It's obvious. The type of misogynist that Jonathan is, it's not obvious. He's calm. He's polite. He plays the shy card. Um, You know, it's... And so it's more dangerous in a man like that. 
because you could just see him eroding her confidence over time and it was horrible little things like um so what do you feel like you need to change about yourself sophie mm-hmm. just and th- thank god at that point she flared up i was like thank goodness yes stand up for yourself it wasn't just the fat shaming it was comments he made on when the men were together he was like well she's not very good in the kitchen and i don't and i don't think he's gonna change I d- he's not like that wasn't the apology of a man who's gone my god i was an absolute idiot like she i've been awful it was just i'm saying sorry because mel's told me i had to and i'm scared of her <laughs> yeah that was uh she did when she said to him you're a you're a grown-up and you've got to yeah you know, and, take and accountability it, for what you've said and it wasn't okay it wasn't they weren't in the same room, but when she said this was one of my favourite male moments, where she was like, read the bloody room, Jonathan! <laughs> like, I don't... Mm. Yeah, but that was when he came back in and he'd said, uh, oh, it's, it's like there's a weight off, weight off our shoulders now, now it's done. Weight off our shoulders once we had that conversation and ended the relationship, and now there's now there's nothing. Now there's no emotional yeah. uh, connection and things. I, yeah, he's not good with his words. He's not good with his words. I just, yeah, I feel obviously more for Sophie in this in this situation. But yeah, it just feels like we're hitting him over the head with the same yeah. the same stick. No, yeah, I I would take that, but because we're doing that because we're not seeing any change. There's no growth. There's no emotional growth. He ended it the way he started it. Just, this is my opinion, and I'm just gonna keep saying it. But I'm shy, so I'm sorry if I said it wrong. No, like. No. Oh, and she, I think what made it worse is, it's, I think, I think she really fell for him. I think she really, really, really liked him. Right. And so I found it really hard to watch every time he made little comments like, oh, well, I know we've been sleeping together, but there's not really a spark. Yeah. (sighs) Yeah. You see, now we're getting into it. I must admit my, uh, uh. Initial statement. I'm, I'm starting to feel sorry for Jonathan. I don't feel as I don't feel as sorry for him for him as I did a few minutes ago. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's okay that you said that because social media it's brutal and he's been handled brutally. So it's okay to feel sympathy for him. But I also think we're allowed to back it up. And and uh, my argument would be he hasn't he hasn't been kind. No. No, he he did apologise at the. the he's, you're not what? having that apology. Well, no, I want. What do you want an apology to be like? Well, he in his vows, he said, "I'm I'm sorry that the that those negativity that my comments have brought to our to our relationship." That he said in in his vows. Well, that's. It was that's too piggledy piggledy. Yeah, isn't it? a lot of people have said it was too broad. It's not he's apologising for what he's done. Yeah. It's that it's it. I apologise. It's like. I'm sorry if you feel offended. Yeah. Type of apology, uh, and then he apologised on the commitment ceremony. Sophia, Sophie's another one who's had a bit of a bit of a, a tough time, yeah. and probably could have ended up with someone. You know, she seemed open to the process. Yeah, I think and she seemed, was. Seems like a very reasonable, reasonable person. It, I was so wrong about her. Yeah, I was just going to say that first episode really painted <laughs> totally inaccurate. Yeah. Inaccurate picture of her. Um, she seems like a lovely girl and kind of fair and kind and reasonable and all the good things. And I didn't see that. In that first episode, I just I, well, I had my inverted snob hat on, I think. I was just like, oh, I'm not going to like her and her family. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Look, they, they put butter on the toast instead of coal. <laughs> <laughs> she's she's come out of it well, though, in terms of uh, a lot of lot of positive comments about her hair, which we've discussed. Previously. I know, yeah, which is a shame that that's what people are going to remember. But it is lovely hair. Yeah, well, if your hair's that good, it's better than nothing. Isn't yeah, it? <laughs> like, yeah, like, it is better than nothing. Mm, it's just, I, yeah, I, I, ju- I feel exactly like you, that if she'd have been paired with somebody else, it could have been so different for her. Do you think there's anyone else in the process she could have... Well, yeah, this is a good game. From the people who were there, who do you think would have gone well with... For example, would you put Janita with Duca? No. Why? Um, I think she would need someone who was more honest and open with their feelings. Okay, that's fair. I think she would, because I think she's quite a realist and I think she's a good judge of character and eventually his playful, jokey, flirty thing would get in her nerves and she'd be like, yeah, but what are you actually feeling? Yeah. Would you put Sophie with Duca? Why not? Let's try it. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, I'm saying he wasn't that open, but maybe he would have been if he hadn't been put with Whitney. It'd be hard to be open with her, wouldn't it? Yeah, I think... It's not, re- again, someone who's... And unfortunately, it's the same every year. There are people who you don't get a, don't get a fair crack at it, really, yeah. because they're paired up with people who are, have their own issues and very strong personalities, as they like to say. <laughs> strong personalities. Yeah, that's code for dickheads. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> An umbrella term. <laughs> yeah. No, it's hard, to, it's hard to think of people who would have gone together well now because you just sort of... You know who they're, who they're with, and uh, it's hard to. It is hard. It's also hard when they play that game where they have to choose their choice of husband or what. I try and play it myself, and I really struggle with it. Like, who would you have chosen as your wife if you had to? Maybe Sophie. Yeah. Yeah, she's she's nice. Seems reasonable. Bit young, bit pervy. That's all right. I'm okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> she might not be. <laughs> Yeah, she'd be coming up to me and saying, you got a car, should we go for a ride? <laughs> Shut up, I was hurting. <laughs> so, for this episode and this series, that's us done, sort of. How? Yeah, we've got the one final secret interview. Yes. In which I get scolded, actually. I get told off, don't I? Yes, you do. Finally. <laughs> <laughs> Some, someone who can stand up to you. So we've got the secret interview, and then we're gonna. We're gonna <laughs> That's making me laugh. It's making me like picture us going to a location somewhere with like glasses and hats, on, <laughs> like in disguise. It'll be pretty rubbish if we had to do what they did with Jerry Adams and disguise their voices. <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah, we're gonna have a little rest, aren't we? It's tiring. Yeah, as you just said off air, I've enjoyed it. I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds a bit post-coital. Yeah, we're going to have a rest and then we're going to come back for Australia. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, I will. I will be more excited about it at the time. I'll miss this. This is the bit I like. Oh, thank you. No, it's nice. It's been good. I've enjoyed it as well. It'll be nice not to have to hear how misogynist or a Tory every (laughs) year.
you. You, you called me a one note. What did you say? I only ever talk about the patriarchy. That's true. Yeah, but when I say it, it's true. Because oh. men are more logical. <laughs> I've had an affair now, I want to go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you to everyone who has listened and followed us on social media and interacted with us. Uh, we've really enjoyed it. The podcast's come a long way since since last year. The audience has grown a huge amount. Um, so, on behalf of Kelly, I've been Omar. You're speaking for me now. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's fine. Crack on. I'm just joking. So, on behalf of Kelly Ricard, I'm Omar Abid, and I'm not going to get the tattoo, but I will say I appreciate you. To me or to them? Not to you. Fuck you. <laughs> 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 We've had to think for ages about to sign off and shut up. <laughs>